Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Strip clubs, prostituting oneself, and frat houses, sometimes Veronica Mars has to get a little dirty to find the next clue. Let's talk about it right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Veronica Mars After Show. We are talking season four, episode six, entering <laughs> a world of pain. Hi, I am your host, Kelsey Hightower. With me is one of the original marshmallows, Shay Jones. Hey, Hi. guys. How are you doing today? It's a great day. It is a great day because we're talking about Veronica Mars, right? Yes. That's right. Okay, let's just go ahead and get started with our overall thoughts on this episode, A World of Pain. Overall, it was a great episode, especially the throwback person I was not expecting, and I was just super ecstatic about it. I legit said, oh, my cuss. Oh, okay. my cuss. I was so happy. Like, I did not know I needed to see that until it happened, and it just, my little Vimar's heart was just really happy with that outcome. I love that they're still bringing new characters on, and we are on episode six. Like, we're well over the halfway mark, and yeah. we still see new people. I also, one of my overall thoughts is they use that line about Alexa and my Alexa went off. So I have got to move my Alexa from right beside my TV to somewhere else because it started going crazy. What was the question again? It was Alexa, who did the ball means or something like that? What did your Alexa say? I'm sorry. I do not understand the question. So I'm not sure (laughs) What? It's going crazy. Technology is crazy for me. (laughs) Anyways, let's go ahead and talk about the show. We've got a great show tonight. Um, We are going to be talking about Veronica's boyfriends, bombs from spring break past, and Big Dick's involvement in the killings. We've got that, plus we've got our special segment, Breaking the Glass Ceiling, and news and predictions at the end of our show. So that's going to be our show. Let's go ahead and jump right in with... Veronica Mars has the boys swooning over her in this episode. I I mean, mean, she's Veronica Mars. She is Veronica Mars. But especially in this episode, we see a very close connection between her and Leo. There's, you know, like a little bit of dabbling, like flirtatious things. Um, Nothing happens, but I mean, that we know of. It almost did if Maddie wasn't there to catch them. But how do you feel about their relationship almost being pushed too far? Okay, so I know there's a long pause. I would really You've got thoughts though. You gotta collect them because we're talking about Leo here. And he's just he's so beautiful and this is somebody if she wasn't with Logan, that was the next person I could definitely say I can see her with and I wouldn't be as upset about it if she was because they've always had great chemistry, even from the very beginning when they first met each other in season one. And their rhythm and rhyme hasn't stopped with each other. It's almost in the same way her and Logan's like pattern and rhythm just hasn't stopped either. So there, there's definitely some similarities in why I can 
kind of see why, but I was just like, don't do it, girl. It's a trap. It's But it's so cute how they act. And I'm with you. If it, she wasn't with Logan, this would be the perfect person because he's putting a tracking device in her purse. And that is just super cute for their mind, you know, and who they are as people. And then he also leaves papers out for her to do work uh, for him and kind of like get free work out of it. And just the way that they both kind of do the same things, like they work the same way. Um, it's just, it's their way of flirting. But and I also it's so will cute. say he learned from the best. He has learned from Veronica over the years and what Lynch she will go to. So I also think part of it, I seriously think part of it was to get free work, but the other part of that is if I don't do this, she will find another way and it just takes like less time if I just leave it out for her. Yep. Like as a just as a conscious decision to make that I am just gonna give you the answers you need or, you know, give you that next clue that is needed to find out this information. Why not? And if I get some free work out of it, who does it hurt? Exactly. Well, and I don't think he's thinking free work. He's thinking, you know, they're he looks at her as an equal. He looks at her as someone that he's working with on this because the FBI is making him chase after people that he doesn't believe are guilty. So he's said that multiple times in the series that he's chasing after the wrong guy. And so it's like this is his way to try and find the right guy is through Veronica Mars. And they just have that chemistry during this episode. <laughs> like like I, blushing. It, it confused me on how I felt. I was like, but you have Logan, and I love you and Logan, but right now you guys are so stinking cute. Because the first, their first kiss was Veronica and Logan. There was a Leo. Like, it was Leo and Veronica. And, you know, that, that even throws in Weevil because he, you know, was involved in the plan to get Leo away from the desk so she could search it for Lily Kane's things. It's seriously, it's almost reminiscent of that first time when they, they first met. And now, what, almost 12, 15 years it has been since then. And when you still have that chemistry or that rep, like report, report with somebody, I mean, it means something. Whether I don't know what it's supposed to mean. Hopefully, maybe we can just be friends because I do have a man and I am very loyal to this man. No matter what I feel about him going to therapy means, right? Which I didn't think what he asked, well, Logan asked was unfair or uh, such an outrageous request. I and I will just be a Trump. That'd be my Trump card if I was Logan. I have pulled and done so many things for you. The least you can do is go to one couple therapy session with me. Well, that's exactly what he did in this episode. He helped find the blackmailer for Daniel Maloof. A 17-year-old little white nationalist. I know. Honestly, I was like, oh, that's really good writing. Like, that that makes sense. Like, I could totally see that being a thing. And the kid was like, yeah, he left his password out on the computer. And I was like, yeah, that seems like a generational gap sort of thing to do. (laughs) Like, kid finds the password is like, oh, yeah, I'm so outsmarted him and everything. Yeah. But we see that Logan is also... We see how Logan and Veronica work together, too. So it's not just Leo and Veronica doing stuff, but it's also Veronica and Logan kind of teaming up to help do stuff because she said, Logan, can you help find the blackmailer? And he did. And he kind of set the kids straight and he found out more information. We hope he set the kids straight. I mean... I would have took that hard drive as a bargaining chip of my own because I was telling what else is on this computer. Of course. I would have got my own blackmail material. Let's hope that he did that. I'm 
Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But I just, see, I think a little bit more petty than a lot of people. So I'm like, if I'm really going to protect somebody and you have information and I make you delete it, it hopefully is deleted, but I'm also need some naughty material against you so that we're even. So you don't want information to get out. Because what do you do in your, you know, do you show the dark web? What are you doing, sir? Well, exactly. Well, and I think... In my personal opinion, you just have to watch that person. And we don't have time for all of that in the episode. Yes. But, you know, <laughs> you watch that person delete everything and go through it and everything to make sure that it's, like, actually gone. But, you know, for our time, I would say they are hour long anyways. So we got to just skip over that part and just assume some of that stuff, right? Yeah, we just we assume that it is taken care of. And, I mean, obviously what happens to Daniel Maloof at the end of the episode is dire so I, I feel like our focus definitely should go there anyway we should leave the blackmail behind because we got something more juicier we do but in exchange for that before we get into uh the ending which is very exciting to talk about <laughs> we do need to talk about um the couple's therapy because you brought that up um he did all of this work for veronica and then like you said he he trumped the card as far as um let's go to couple therapy i have just done a lot for you and she was like agrees until she finds out he talks about couples therapy and she's like that's just not for me and that's been a running thing throughout this whole season and I just feel like they're kind of missing each other as far as they're still a couple and they're still I feel like in it for the long game but they're not lining up as far as some of these core values go you know what I'm saying does that make sense I also think that Logan's core values have changed Mm-hmm. Over the years, obviously, and for Veronica, hers have stayed the same. As long as you're loyal to me, you're in this relationship, I am happy. Because I, I think in Veronica's mind, because of what happened with her parents, what she's seen with Logan's parents, and a lot of her classmates' parents, too. Like, marriage might ruin us. And I think that she does, that's what she doesn't want. She doesn't want a marriage to ruin what she and Logan has. Do you also think that she kind of guards her heart and stays a little bit distant because he gets called off so many times? Like, he gets called away. And I'm sure that is hard to be in a relationship where you don't know if you're going to come home to your boyfriend or husband there or not. I do believe that also, but something she said to Logan, she's like, I I love the fact that you're on a self-discovery and, you know, she said, that's not for me. But I think Veronica definitely should talk to somebody. That should be your own self-discovery. Because if something does happen to Logan, who are you going to talk to? You can talk to your dad, but... He doesn't have good health either. He doesn't so have good health right now either. He's not gonna, that's, not a, that's, not a word, that's not a word you, want, you would want to add to him. And she has a tendency to always keep things bottled. And, and then seeking revenge against someone else. Though it's entertaining, it's not also healthy. Right. So I feel talking to someone for your own self-discovery, you find your own more healthier coping mechanisms that you need to actually have the relationship you want. Right. Oh, that's deep. That's true. I try. I know. Okay. Let's uh, jump out of our relationship and into some of the bombs from Spring Break past. Now, there were two bombs that happened a couple years ago, and this is what Keith and Veronica went to um, check out. There was a bomb for the frat house, Pi Sig, 
And there was a bomb that happened at Chattanooga, Chattanooga Charlie's. <laughs> it's a mouthful. It is. Um, some alliteration there that I like. Um, and Keith went to go check that one out. Now, it seems like they're trying to connect those bombs to the bombs that are currently happening now. Do you, What are your initial thoughts on that type of connection? I mean, if that's the case, then this is bigger, obviously, than we thought. Right. And their theory of pin, it might track, but if he got kicked out of, if he, what happened at Hearst affected him, I don't understand how that happens with the Pi Six. And what I'm thinking is maybe some, he, somebody was wronged from the Pi Six, mm-hmm. and then somebody got, was wronged at Chattanooga Charlie's. So maybe it's more of a I am writing a wrong type of bomb. Like I said, the last three, the beach, the the head one, and I know there's another one, I just can't remember the third one. Yeah. They're more personal. Right. Where the sea sprite bombing the uh, the sea sprite bombing doesn't feel personal. Right. Yes, I see that. And you're saying like the frat house and Chattanooga Charlie was more personal, like a I'm going to get you repay you or something. Yes. Yes. That could be true. It was very sketchy how the frat boys were acting when Veronica Mars went over there. Um, It looked like the guy that was in the back singing, he was about to open up to Veronica. But then the other frat guy stopped Veronica and was like, I told you to get out of the house. Leave. So she been like, I'm not at the house. I'm on the garage. (laughs) You've been like, it's still on my property. You have to get off. (laughs) So either way, she had to get out. And that it it was like she almost got information from that one guy. It felt like he was going to open up. But the guy, the other boy shut her down. So I'm wondering, it was just so sketchy to me that with when we saw Chattanooga, Chattanooga Charlie's, I mean, that word is going to get me right there, I tell you. But when we saw Keith talking to them, um, he was open about it, and he walked through what happened. He was like, the valve exploded. It was weird. It, you know, like, that doesn't normally happen. It was an accident, blah, blah, blah. But the frat guys were like, I'm not talking to you. Do you think it's because they're, like, kids, and they're scared they're going to get in trouble? Or do you think that was suspicious? It's suspicious, but you're, you're when you act that way, you're guilty of something. Whether that's what I was thinking. Whether too. they're protecting someone else or not, maybe a Pisces alum, because you know in season three there is the secret society yes. that Ducking uh, J King had. So there, I feel like there. If somehow if it ties to the secret the society, tridents. the tridents. You're, you're yeah. talking about the secret society, the tridents. The tridents, which was also interesting. That's that's a whole that's a whole other like storyline I could get to. But if somehow the society is also working their own angle. Or maybe if somebody in the society is now the one doing all this, there's a lot of protection on that person from every person who's a trident now. That's true. Well, and Veronica kind of brought Pin into the case a little bit, which I think is going to really boost his ego because she had him and the murderheads look into this. So yeah. she just brought it to them. And we don't know what happens as far as that goes, but it was interesting that she brought that piece of information. It kind of, like, snuck that in that episode. It kind of reminds me of, in a, in a way, of the Aurora Tea Garden mysteries on Hallmark, because they, they have their own real murders club, mm-hmm. and the mayor's in it, even though she had, like, obviously, like, you're a mayor, you never should be in a murder club, but, you know, she's in it, and they help solve 
some crimes that happen throughout the city and like murder heads and or that was I feel like there's a connection. I never realized how I was watching it earlier today. I can see that. It's you know, they're just trying to do their civic duty, I guess, is the murder heads. I will say every time I see that Dom character Don, yeah. Don, he is so arrogant. And I'm going to save him for my predictions, but I also get weird feelings whenever he comes on. He's just too arrogant as a guy. I really... Okay, so he does some... He gives induction debt relief to... Like, he's saying all these political names like Pelosi and... Mm-hmm. The Senate and everything. So I really need to know what your job is, sir. And sometimes he dresses up and sometimes he's, you know, looking real hipster. And he's like, you know, oh, well, I can do this because I'm super smart, you know, kind of guy. And you're just like, ugh, I just want to throw up watching you. Like, <laughs> gross. Stop. No one's listening. No one's paid attention. You know what I mean? And like, one of those he guys. Has to run all, Penn has to run all the ideas through Don. Yes. But this is my thing. So I really, if I was Penn, I would have asked everybody. Did you go to Don, and do I actually have to run this by him before anything goes public? Because I didn't know if that was him just saying that to pretend maybe the other murderheads came to him and wanted him to be the leader to talk for them. Or Or how he got that leader, the air of superiority. Or if he just created it. Yeah, did he develop this group, or is he just saying, I'm the leader? Or like you have everything. to run everything before before you go public. I really want to know if that was an actual decision made by the group, or if that was a decision Don made and just made it seem like it was a decision of the group. We need some backstory yes. on the murder heads. How did they? I mean, we just saw them this season. We need to know how they be, came about. That would be interesting to find out. Maybe we'll find out in the next couple of episodes. Okay, so. Let's see. We've talked about the Spring Breaks past bombings. Now let's talk about what's currently happening. Um, Big Dick's involvement in the killings. So I was right. I know. You have called this. So (laughs) Keith approaches Big Dick and Clyde about the shell companies. And Big Dick is the one who's trying to lie about it. And Clyde's the one that's saying, you know, oh, no, that was us, you know, but we went to prison, so that's why, you know, there's an explanation about that. And this Clyde's is something, smart, so. yeah, he knows how to, he's very charismatic, he knows how to deal with people business-wise. You know, he got a lot of practice in prison when he says he has connections with anyone who's been through um, the prison. So we kind we knew this, but this is the first time that that information has been actually confirmed that Big Dick had some involvement and was behind the shell companies. We've actually heard it being said. And not just the shell companies, that he hired Perry Walsh to plant the bomb anyway. And the only reason it actually happened was because the internet went down and the timer on the bomb was... It was supposed to go off at midnight and not hurt anybody. But yes, you're right. Because the internet went down, it reset everything. Like when, you know, there's a storm at night and it resets our alarm to like 12. That happened at the motel. And so it caused the bomb to go off. Um, And that was really interesting to find out that he wasn't actually trying to kill everybody. It's not like there's a mass murderer. It was like he just wanted to bomb the property and scare people. And people weren't really supposed to die. And if so, it was supposed to be like maybe one person, I guess. And they're like, oh, it's just one. That's better than four, right? He called it a warning. Like, how do you you warn somebody as 
not take your your offer to buy their place, but then you also destroy the property of their place, their place of business. That also doesn't seem smart, but Big Dick is not always smart, so you know that's also why he got went to jail the first time, in the first place. Exactly. So, it was kind of refreshing to hear them talk through that, even though we knew that, you know, from the assumptions, but now it's on the table, and now we know, and so it's like, what's going to happen with this information? Also, it felt to me that there was some tension between Clyde and Big Dick. Did you feel that too, or was that just me? Definitely, because now that they're not in prison, Big Dick feels like he's the big dick. Right. He's like, the big man. He's the big man. He's the face of the company. He, you know, he has a power that... He, but this is the thing with power. When Tell you us. truly have it, you don't need to wield it as loudly as big dick does. Which is the thing I like about Clyde so much. Clyde has a lot of power, but is very subtle and charismatic and just amazing, but you know he like he 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 can he controls himself. He controls the power, but very subtly and very more quietly. You can absolutely tell that, which is why it's brilliant. But whereas Big Dick, he has to show it off. He has to be the big swinging thing in the room and show you know I have money. I. I'll just buy, I'll just, you know, buy a car for a little girl because that will get her to sell, which means, you, first of all, you do nothing about your children and you don't know nothing about girls. Granted, nice car, but still. Right, so, yeah, we definitely see their real colors shining through, I think, on this episode. And I'm with you as far as Clyde goes. Like, he does hold the power when he's not flaunting it, and Big Dick is definitely flaunting it. Um on that same note, so let's see. Keith was the one that brought it up about the tweets. So Big Dick has been tweeting prostituting yourself because, like you said, he can't help but just tell everybody everything and he just flaunts himself. But on his Twitter, he keeps using the phrase prostitute yourself. So in the letter... Um, this is what Pin and Pin's theory is, the murder heads theory. And Keith is, you know, running it by Clyde and um, Big Dick to see if they flinch. Um, Keith brings up prostituting yourself and nobody kind of reacts to No one reacts to it, I would say. Um, do you, I, that confused me. But then that means that Dick is not behind his Twitter account? Behind like, his own social media. You think that somebody else is running it? Yeah, but the only thing is creating that letter was literally just to get back at the mirror. Right. Because no bomb went off after. I mean, oh, actually, I take it back. Comrade Quacks, there. That, that was the bomb that happened. Yes, so there a was toilet, a letter. But yes. still. And no one got hurt from Comrade Quacks. No, no one got hurt. But that was the, it's hard to keep these bombs. I mean, there has <laughs> been a bomb in every single one of these episodes. So it's Almost, like, yeah. yeah, except this one. We didn't see a bomb. But otherwise, we've been, we talked about bombs in this one. So it's still, it still rings true. <laughs> but yes, the Twitter account has been something that was talked about during this episode. And it just confused me because, yeah, we didn't know where that was going. But you're right. Someone else might behind, be behind his social media. And I would think if it would be anybody, it would be Clyde, because Clyde does everything. I don't know who else is around Big Dick to be able to do that. I know. It's just, there's just so many... Po- okay, so definitely see Sprite bombing Big Dick. Got you. Yep. The Perry, Perry Wash bombing 
Clyde. Got you. The beach, the comrade quacks, and the guy with the head, completely somebody else. That's what we're believing. Yeah, so we will talk about that here in a little bit, too. Um, Before we get too far down solving this case, let's just (laughs) talk about um, Veronica and Keith sneaking into Alonzo's room at the hotel. So that um, was almost a close call, and they did, you know, it was really cute to see them working together, going and sneaking around, Um, but then things got a little bit too real when Keith had to be the distraction and do a heart attack, and I feel like Veronica ran out of the room, she got the hint, and then I think it really scared her just because he's yes. been going through all of this health, these health problems. Um, I think it really frightened her when she saw him on the ground, you know, grabbing his chest, yeah, saying, like, help me. She, because she knows he's been struggling. And as a daughter, knowing your dad's struggle and there's nothing you can really do about that. And obviously, at first it was, okay, it's a distraction, cool, I can sneak away. But for a second, it really did become real enough where she just like... I could have snuck, I could have snuck away, but I'm checking on you despite everything. And then she's like slapping him in the face, like, "Oh man, are you okay? Tell me you're okay." I know. I just watched that and I was like, "Yes, be okay. This is too close to home." You know, I'm just. It makes me worried about his health too, about what's going to be coming up in the next couple episodes. So, yeah, but Claudia and her big mouth had to tell Alonzo <gasps> about oh Veronica Mars and you know and I really want to be like Claudia as much as you might not like her she has saved your brother's life a lot okay more than you could possibly understand so I'm gonna need you to calm down I know I'm sure Claudia doesn't know all of the in and outs of what Weevil does but she does she just needs to back away from Veronica Mars and I don't know what her beef is against her but yeah she just goes and tells Alonzo that and Alonzo I think is going to have some revenge on her that might come up in the next couple episodes we'll be anxious to talk about that but oh I just got really nervous whenever that came up Hey guys, so before we get into the next topic, we just want to th- say thank you so much for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. But to continue doing what we all love doing here at Afterbus TV, we need your help. So if you're watching us right now on YouTube, give us that thumbs up, like it, leave a comment, your theories in the comment section. Or if you're listening to us right now on iTunes, give us a five-star review and the one in four are sadly broken I think Big Dick like blew, blew them up. I think you're right. I really yeah, they're, they're gone. Just, they're gone. So only the five works. So really, really just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to us every week on all of our multiple channels, and we're just gonna continue doing what we love to do, talking about our favorite TV shows, our movie shows, movies, characters, everything that we love and live in the cinematic world of Hollywood. Yes! Thank you guys so much. We truly do appreciate it. We love you guys out there. Um, Let's jump into the last topic um, before we get into our special segments, and that is the last scene. So this is when um, we saw a new character, Clarence came back, a new old friend. Well, new old, yes. Yes, I should say. (laughs) New to the season, old to the series, um, comes back, and I was so giddy whenever I saw Clarence. I was like, oh, and he's on our team now, you know? Like, we're not fighting against him. Oh my cuss. Yay! Yeah! I was was sitting in my bed and I was just so excited. I I don't know who I was expecting Logan to call. Me either. I didn't have anybody. But 
seeing Clarence for a moment, it really just like everything came full circle at that moment of the Veronica Mars universe of how far Clarence has come, maybe how far his relationship with Logan and Veronica has come, and the fact that Logan could just call him and say, hey, do you need a little extra extra money, maybe? Or can you help me out? I got called back on active duty, and I can't be here. And that was just a really great thing to see. Also, before Logan left, he let them in on the secret that he can speak Arabic. Oh, my gosh, that was so cute. That, I was like, oh. And everybody's just like, what? That was a beautiful moment. <laughs> you can understand us? That was okay, beautiful. cool. I do love Alex's hang loose. And like, and I, Daniel was like, that's gonna get old real fast. He's like, no, it's not. I would, I would do it too. I love that he owns it and he's, um, he's showing that off. That, that's he seems really to be cool. in better spirits. Like he him is. and Daniel are talking and they're actually having conversations that aren't anger filled. So I feel like their that their relationship is now after the bombing coming to somewhere where they can be brothers again. I feel like they lost that during probably when he was engaged to Tawny and even though she's gone maybe I can still have my brother in my life. Right. There's been a lot of family struggle I would say. Lots of tension within their family. Mm -hmm. So it is good that they're coming together finally or starting to. They're beginning to repair their relationships together. Um, So yeah and we can't get too attached to Daniel because um, when Clarence came to ask if he should be the new bodyguard um, which I would trust Clarence, I think, more than anyone, which is so fun to see in this series because he was, you know, we were fighting against him, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, of anybody, I would trust Clarence. You know what I mean? Yes, he's always packing. He's always ready. He's always packing. So at the very end of the episode, we see um, the Carr brother finally come back. Out of the comes upstairs for Daniel, shoots him, and Clarence, you know, kills him back because, you know, we can trust Clarence, of course. And, and just the elevator door is just hitting his body. That, first of all, that part. I was trying not. I was it like, was I'm laughing. Though. Yeah. Just, and I shouldn't laugh because you just died, but that is a very nice way to break attention like that. Have your body, like, fly <laughs> back into the elevator and just have it hit your waist. Repeatedly as it tries to close the door, but it can't close because your body is dead, blocking it. And as you're laughing, you're like, I'm laughing over somebody being dead right now. Well, oh, you, I love it. You're kind of a dick, sir. So Exactly. A, no, I'm sorry. When you care more about a ring than you care about your sister dying in a bomb, I have an issue. That is the truth. That is the truth. Which, the ring has still not been found. I'm. We can talk about that in predictions, too. I've got a list. I, I actually mean. thought that it was in maybe in the, the art piece. Like, maybe it had got embedded itself in that, but it wasn't. She just found a nail. But I was like, dang it, there goes my, my theory. Your theory. So we still don't know what happened to the ring. We don't. But we do know that Clarence really, he, he was fast, pulled out the gun, shot dude, put his hand on the wound to keep him from hemorrhaging and everything, and called an ambulance. My question, though... And I think what we're all wondering is, does he die? That's a good question. Because that's where we ended this episode, is, you know, the potential. We know the Carr brother has is dead. But <laughs> he's done. Finally! I mean, we thought that one time that he died, that both yeah. of them died, and then he but came somehow back. somehow he but... survived, too. I'm like, I'm trying to think of... Like, he's like a cat. Like, how many lives does this guy have? 
that's that's gonna be something for the next episode I have to mention. I gotta make sure I write it down so I can bring it back up because I have questions now for Dodie, okay? Okay. All right. We'll be talking about that yeah. very soon. But um if do you have any other thoughts on the overall episode before we jump into our special segments? I'm ready to jump into the special segment. Let's jump into our special segment. So um first we have breaking the glass ceiling. And this is Woo! This is where we talk and honor women um, who have broken the glass ceiling. Um, we're looking at women in law enforcement since this is Veronica Mars, and that is what this series is about. So, without any more introduction, Shay, who are we talking about today? Actually, today we're talking about a senator woman. So <gasps> okay, we're, so we're doing I like a little, this. We're doing a little different. We're doing somebody in government, obviously, Daniel Maloof. So we're doing... AOC, I will not try to pronounce the O in the name, so I'm just going to call her AOC. You might know her. So she drew national recognition when she won the Democratic Party's primary election for New York's 14th Congressional District on June 26, 2018. She defeated Democratic Caucus Chair Joe Crowley, a 10-term incumbent, in what was widely seen as the biggest upset victory in the 2018 midterm election primaries. She also defeated the Republican opponent Anthony Pappas in the November 6, 2018 general election. Now, let's get to the nitty-gritty. She is the youngest woman to ever serve the United States Congress. Now, before she ran, if you don't know this, she was a bartender. She was a bartender in New York, and that year she decided to do more in her community. She had to think bigger, and that was the year she decided to run for Senate, and she won. That is incredible. Her like her actions and everything since since this has happened is everybody fights for her everybody wants her and she's real she calls it out like she sees it and that's something we desperately need more of in the congress and she doesn't necessarily act like a politician quote unquote or what we believe a politician is supposed to be because she is a politician but she's also remained real and that's why I so much appreciate her I love that. Thank you for sharing her um, with us today. And I think that is very inspiring because, um, like you said, she started, she was working as a bartender. And for you to become so passionate about something and see something that you want to change and then go out and make the change and put in the work to do that, it is a lot of work. Like, that is a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of work. And for and her... And determination. As, and determination, of course. And as a woman, to be able to go out and do that, especially in Congress and especially in politics, where it's been, you know, a very male-dominated business and career, that is incredible for her to go from being a bartender to that. And that just shows that, you know, you can do it. You know, it's very encouraging. No matter what you want to do, you can do it. So, thank you. Yeah. That You're was welcome. good. All right. Well, that was a great segment. I just, I love hearing that. Um, I love hearing that um, encouraging story every time. So, that's great. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our predictions. And now, oh. you're after Buzz. How early? Predictions. <laughs> okay, we have a lot to that we can predict um, as far as what's going to happen in the next two episodes. We can talk about Logan. We can talk about the murder heads. Um, anything about the 
bombs from Spring Break's past, Big Dick and Clyde. Um, what are you going to predict, Shay? I predict that where Weevil and Veronica will work it out. They will move from their not so much hatred as indifference to each other to more of their friendship that we're used to. And I look forward to that. I also feel like we're definitely going to find out exactly who this second bomber is. And I cannot wait to find out who that is because it might be somebody we have not suspected as of yet. Okay. I am going to go the route of I think that... I don't know if Daniel Maloof is alive or dead, but I'm going to hope that he is alive because it hit his shoulder. So I'm just hoping that he's not going to die. I think that Clyde and Big Dick are going to... The tension is going... Something bad's going to happen, I feel like, between the two of them, their relationship. And oh, I I'm really nervous about... I have like the I'm like sign between these predictions. <laughs> like I am distraught over what I am going to predict. But Logan is heading off to active duty, um, and we don't know where he's getting deployed to. So I'm really worried about their relationship and what's going to happen with that. So I, that's not really a prediction, but I predict that uh, he's going to be gone, and I hope that he doesn't die. So it's more of a hope than a prediction. I'm going to say that. We do have people in the chat before we go. So I yes. just wanted to shout out Let's Audrey O and Mercenary X84. And I actually agree with what he said, Mercenary X84. I'm surprised that they still haven't mentioned Duncan at all. And I was thinking oh. that while I was watching it. I am actually waiting for Duncan to somehow make an appearance. <gasps> uh, it's been 15 years, so your daughter should be 14. I mean, it might be time to come back home. I feel like you should leave Australia and just, or video chat with somebody. I want Duncan in. And Audrey O says, uh, all of the red flags I feel gets, uh, I, all the red flags she gets I, uh, feels with the season finale, which I, uh, she can't wait for us to cover. Ah! And she loves how Logan speaks Arabic. Yes, um, that was we love that too, and that was a really good prediction about um, about Duncan Kane because ooh, where is he? What is he doing? So hopefully we'll see that in the next <laughs> couple episodes. We're so excited to watch and talk about that. Um, anything else before we move on? Love you guys. Okay, so guys, marshmallows, thank you for watching. We are covering episode seven right after this. So be sure to stick around. But until then, Shay, where can everybody find you? You guys can find me at Real Shay Jones on Twitter and Instagram and Mondays, Grand Hotel at 8 p.m. And I'm Kelsey Hightower. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Kelsey Hightower. And stick around for episode seven right now. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.